0: Hi, I'm Pastor Gabe of The Reborn Church, and welcome to our podcast. I pray today as you listen, the message would inspire you, encourage you, and strengthen you, and give you a craving for righteousness, to pursue holiness with God-glorifying ambitions. And in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Their condemnation from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. Today, I'm going to be speaking about 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 1-3. Vanessa read it beautifully. The title of the sermon is called, Real Faith Produces Real Followers. Just to kind of give you guys um, a quick little review from chapter 1. In chapter 1, we know that through Christ, we have everything that we need in life and for godliness everything that we need and the power of the Holy Spirit and the qualities that we possess we have everything that we need and your life should be an example and a model to others so this chapter you're talking about the counterfeits before you had the real but now we're going to talk about the counterfeit those who have an appearance like they're real but they're a counterfeit you know, kind of like that guy when you're, when you're at fries and you're in the parking lot and you got that one guy who comes up to you and says, yo, yo, brother, come, on, come here, man, check this out, check this cologne I got. Yeah, y'all ain't never been hit up like that, huh? Yeah. I get hit up by that guy all the time. Now he says, uh, but <laughs> I don't even know the names of the cologne back, but, I, you know, what he was saying because they're so different now, right? I don't know him, but he was talking about Drakkar. You, you like Drakkar? You like Drakkar? Like well, check this out. It's, it smells just as good. If it smells just as good, why are you charging the same price then? i just go get the real man and I'll get the counterfeit. How about you ladies when, when you go to the you go to the shopping centers and then you see that purse that looks like the real thing? And it's not the real thing, but it's a fake imitation. Have you ever been fooled and thought you had something real, but it was nothing but an imitation? And so In life, we are like that. We run into all kinds of people who are trying to show us that they have the real thing, but in reality, they're the counterfeit. So it's the same thing with church and why we have church and why the body of Christ comes together. With every genuine believer, the enemy always wants to place someone who's a counterfeit amongst us. With every truth, you have to have error. With every genuine article, you have to have the counterfeit. And with heaven, you got to have a hell. And so today we're going to talk about the errors and and to make you aware of who the real are and who are the counterfeits. You have to have the wheat growing with the tares. And so you have real faith and real followers and you have someone, some people who are counterfeits and they have fruitless faith. Yeah, people who obey who obey the Lord and people who are carnal. People who don't obey God. And so we need to talk about this here today. And so this is a very very tough uh lesson to give and a very very tough chapter to break down and give to you. The point of the sermon of that of that green paper that you have there, point number 1 says, Peter implores us to be aware of false teachers who are among us who deny the Lordship of Christ. So let's go to verse number one. It says, Peter writing this letter to Christians scattered abroad says, but false prophets also among are also among, arose among the people. So they are with us. So false prophets don't walk around saying, Hey, I'm a false prophet. Can I come to your church? No, they look like us, they talk like you, they even break down scripture but they have some heresy involved in it, that they may come in to get you to listen to their messages. So they're among the people. With every wheat that grows, you have a tear. With every one that's genuine, you have to have a counterfeit. With truth, you have to have error, and that's how the enemy works. He'll do everything he can to try to destroy the church. He'll do everything he can to try to stop you from coming to church. And he strategizes in a way that's very crafty, and a lot of times we don't even realize it because we walk in fear. We're very fearful of the enemy. But we have power over the demonic. We have power in the name of Jesus. And God has given us discernment. And God has filled us with this discernment to recognize who these false individuals are. So on Mondays, because I can't do it here a lot on Mondays, what I'll do is, for spiritual warfare class, what I'll do is I'll identify some of the false teachers and I'll show you a quick video about what they say, and I would like for you to point to me and to tell me what exactly they said that was inaccurate. And then we'll go over it, and we'll talk about it, because it's very important, because false teachers are doing incredible damage to God's people. We're going to talk about some of the things that they do. So verse 1 again, but false prophets also arose among the people. So we know they're among the people. These are the people that self appointed themselves apostles, they self-appointed themselves pastors, they self-appointed themselves leaders of the church, without any real credibility or any training to be teaching in the first place. But they self-appointed themselves this. That's why a lot of people go around calling themselves apostles when that office is closed. But they appoint themselves, and they name themselves these things. They self-appoint themselves these. So if someone, someone walks in there and says, I am Pastor so-and-so, and you don't know who they are, the best thing you should do is to probably check to see who they are. But they're among us. They're among us, meaning they're with us here. They come to church. They're around. And they're not wearing a name tag to identify themselves. That says this, Just as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them. Even denying the master who bought them. Now we know that true faith produces a transformed life. But these teachers here are are being deceptive, teaching heresies, and they're denying the master who bought them. Meaning that that word bought is uh, in Greek, agorazo, meaning redeemed, bought from slavery. Do you know that you all have been bought with a price? Do you know that you don't belong to you? You belong to Jesus because he purchased you with his blood. You belong to Jesus. So imagine teachers and preachers preaching that you haven't been bought, denying the master, denying the lordship of Christ. Now, what is this lordship denying the master? Is Jesus the Lord over your mouth? Is Jesus the Lord over your feet and your hands? Is Jesus the Lord over your heart? Is Jesus the Lord over your mind? Is Jesus the Lord over your body? Because if he isn't the Lord over your body, then you're not showing the Lordship of of Christ. You're not submitted to Jesus. Not that you are saved by your works, but because you love Jesus, that's why the first thing out of my mouth when I came up here today is I said I love Jesus. Now, I'm going to live like I love Jesus because I love Jesus, not because it saved me. He's already saved me and justified me, and it's imputed his righteousness to me. But I need to live my life. I want to live my life because I love Jesus. I want to please the Lord. But there are teachings out there that tell you that you don't have to follow everything about God. You don't have to do everything that the Lord is telling you to do. Deny the master, and deny the fact that you blood-bought. And there's a lot of heresies like that throughout all type of churches that's why you have (laughs) that's why you have a lot of people who still club Christians who still go out not that I'm saying that you can't go out every once in a while and have a good time with your wife or just go out and get out because you need to do it but I'm talking about the people that do this every week because they're being taught saying you are under grace so go do your thing go clubbing, go drinking, go smoking do all this stuff but as long as you go to church you're good that's not the lordship Stop following after Jesus' commands and submitting your life to him, but living in carnality. So there's teachers that teach this. And the ones that teach this is the one that the church is that when you go into the church that you won't ever hear anything about you being held accountable for your sin. Because you need to understand that Jesus has rescued you from your sin. You need to understand that you've been redeemed. You have been blood-bought. You have been justified. Christ has given you his righteousness. But yet you continue to abuse it. You continue to walk in this carnality. And when you do, all you do is come to church and you hear a message to uplift you, uplift your character to get you moving in the right direction. But you yourself hasn't changed. You haven't changed very much. And so there's a lot of people that says, I'm a believer and I'm a Christian, but there is no significant change in their life. Still doing what they did 10 years ago, still doing it today. But there is no change in their life. So you have a real person and you have someone who's counterfeit. Now the problem is, a lot of people see the counterfeit and they make an excuse why they don't want to come to church. They got a bunch of hypocrites at the church. They got a bunch of people I've seen doing all kind of stuff during the week, and yet they go to church. I don't want to be a part of a church like that. There's nobody changed in that church. People say this, and they use that as a reason not to come to church. But you can't use that as a reason why you should stop coming to church. Those who are real in the faith are real followers of God, have everything and all the qualities and attributes that Peter has mentioned in chapter 1. We need to be submitted to Jesus in all things, like in everything. In everything that you do, you need to be submitted to Christ. And so there's this this teaching, these destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing them, uh, bringing upon themselves swift, very swift destruction. So here you get a real good glimpse of what God thinks about teachers who don't teach the truth. And why it's very, very important to always teach the truth behind this pulpit accurately. Accurately. And to study and to make sure you're without error when you come up behind this pulpit to teach the word of God accurately. Because God will judge. And we're going to be getting into this. There's three types of judgment God gives in this same chapter to those that don't preach the truth. You want to know why God is very, very, he's very, very precise on why we should teach the truth of his word. Because if you get it wrong, then you're preaching a different message. Right. You have to preach the right message, the gospel of Christ that saves people's lives. But there's a lot of churches and a lot of pastors who will, who will teach messages that don't do anything to edify you. You leave, you're feeling good, but you're left without any substance. You realize you don't need to change. You need to change your life. Why do you think Christ went to the cross to pay your sin debt? So that you would submit to him and you do it willingly and lovingly and you produce spiritual fruit. Point number two says real faith produces a changed life. We need to identify the genuine and identify the counterfeit. Let's move on. It says bringing themselves swift destruction, meaning the teachers, meaning the teachers. This is what the teachers are facing when they stand behind a pulpit and they teach heresy denying the lordship, denying the Lord bought them, that they're going to be dealt with severely. Verse 2, And many will follow their sensuality, and because of them, the way of truth will be blasphemed. You know what? Um, that word sensuality means greedy, sexual uh, greed, all type of, uh, of, of you know, they, they look different, they act different, they're full of lust, they're full of greed, um, they're, they're promiscuous, they sleep around. These are the teachers now. That's why you hear a lot of them in news and you hear a lot of them falling from grace and all the stuff that they, they, they find themselves encountering. But they teach this stuff and it becomes seductive to your ears and you like it because it sounds good. So the churches are full of people who like to hear these type of messages. Messages about money, messages about prosperity, messages about clothes, messages about your attitude and your character and where you're going and where you'll get. All you have to do is believe in yourself. If you believe in yourself and you believe in the power of your own will, you'll get to where you want to get. Those churches are full. But what they don't teach is repentance, sin and repentance, and you need to understand what you are facing and why you are still in your sin when you need to repent. We have to teach the Word of God. That's why we do it. Uh, expositionally, verse by verse, line by line, so that you can understand what Peter is saying here, so that you're not exploited. But just like the pastors are responsible for teaching the message accurately, you yourselves are responsible to listen and to study yourself to see if it even preached accurately. Because a lot of them like to sit there and they like to listen to it. It makes you feel good, but you do go home without any real change. So you have the real and then you have the counterfeits. But what should we agree upon? What's some of the things that we should agree upon when it comes to false teaching? This is what we should agree upon. If this guy is going to teach and he's going to say that um, you really don't have to have the lordship. The lordship doesn't mean anything in your life. That's really not. I'm denying that. And also that you're, you're being, uh, you, you, know, you haven't been bought with a price and denying that. You know, right away, that's heresy if anybody tells you that. You being strong in the word, you should know that that's complete heresy. But what should we believe? Christians divide over a lot of issues, over petty issues, dumb issues, and they shouldn't because that's sin. Christians fighting over ridiculous things that don't even matter. But it really is a hurtful thing to the body of Christ when two Christians can't get along over something that's really not a primary issue. But what is some of the things, what are some of the things that we need to agree upon? And church, you should know. You should know. But, so I wrote it down. Now, this is important. I was talking to my brother earlier because this is important. Doctrine should never, ever be minimized. Never. It should be taught. You should understand real doctrine. But it should never be minimized because when it is minimized, for the sake of love and unity, in the name of love and unity, you'll let anybody come into the church and stand behind the pulpit to preach to you a message that's not going to give you anything but hurt you in the long run. So a lot of churches don't stick to doctrine, they minimize it for the simple fact we want to make sure we're in love. We have love and unity here. So I'll let anybody come up behind here and preach a message to you. And you know, make you feel well, make you feel good, but you'll leave without any real substance. Doctrine is very, very important, and you know it's very, very important to us here. The fundamental doctrines of the faith. We should believe this. We should believe. In the triune nature of God. Can I get an amen? Do we understand that? The trinity. We should believe that. We should believe in the full deity and humanity of Jesus. We should agree upon that. If we can't agree upon that, then it's heresy. We need to believe in Jesus and his virgin birth. We need to believe in that. In Jesus' sinless life, we need to believe in that. We need to believe in the the substitutionary atonement. We need to believe that, that he went to the cross for you. You should be on the cross. You should be, God's wrath should be placed upon you, but it's been removed because Jesus went to the cross for you. We believe in the bodily resurrection. We believe in the ascension. We believe in Christ's personal return. We believe that we are saved by grace alone, by Christ alone, by faith alone, and we believe in the divine inspiration and fallibility of the word of God. Amen. The Bible is the authority that we believe. That's what, those are the fundamentals that we should agree upon when anybody teaches and preaches. We should agree upon these things here. Let's continue in the verse. Verse 3. And in their greed they will exploit you with false words, meaning They'll mold you with their teaching. They'll mold you with their false words. They'll mold you with their false teaching to shape you in their, in their mold that you still follow after them. That you're still following after their messages. You're still following after their lessons and they're exploiting you. They're exploiting you. What are they exploiting you for? They're extracting finances from you to support what they do. So these are the people that greed, sensuality, and they're harming the way of truth harming the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they're doing it because of their carnality. their unclean thoughts. They have unclean thoughts. They have unclean looks. And eventually they have unclean words. Yes. And that's what happens. And then the gospel is then hindered because of these false teachers. And there are many false teachers today and there are many that don't believe in what we believe here, the triune nature of God, meaning that you have to believe in the Trinity. You should believe in the Trinity. You should believe that Jesus is not the Father, that God is the Father. Jesus is the Son who sends the Holy Spirit to us. What well, we have the Spirit of God that compels us to love and follow after the commands of Christ. That's what we should believe. But there are very, very, very good speakers out there. Very well-known speakers who have millions and millions of followers who don't teach the triune nature of God. And some of you know the names of these individuals and you will post um, comments from them. I'm like, don't they know that this brother don't even believe in the Trinity? So if, he can't, if you don't believe in the Trinity but he says some good things, you can't hold them. You shouldn't be able to take anything from them at that point. That's right. Why? Why would you? They don't believe in one of the things that we all should agree upon is the triune nature of God. Let's continue. Verse three and in their greed they will exploit you with false words their condemnation from long ago is idle from us their condemnation from long ago is not idle and their destruction is not asleep meaning God is well aware of what they are doing very well aware of what they are doing today what they're doing behind the pulpit what they're doing to the people of God how they're harming the people of God and their destruction will be swift. So this is very dangerous to stand here and to preach the word of God and not get it right. But preach the word of God, know the truth, and still exploit you to get what I want from you. It's very dangerous. And their destruction is going to be swift. Point of the sermon. Number three, it says this. False teachers exploit their followers for monetary gain, molding them for emporium. Meaning, I'm going I'm I'm to become a franchise that you will follow. I'm going to become something that you will need. You need my word. You need my teaching. You need me in your life, so you're going to pay for it. So I'm going to exploit you because I need to build my empire. I need to build what I am teaching here and get you to follow in with it and to fall in line because I'm molding you with my words. I'm saying things to you that you want to hear, things that will tickle your ear and cause you to follow after me so I can build my emporium, so I can build my franchise. That's how you have a lot of pastors who have a lot of money, who have businesses, who have all type of things that they sell and they continue to sell to get you to buy in. I can't believe for the life of me why people still haven't woke up to the video of Kenneth Copeland and what he was saying to that announcer when he was confronted about the the, the, the jet that he purchased from Tyler Perry. There were people supporting the, the very fact that he responded to this. People still standing behind individuals like that. And they're not running. And the reason being is it's pride. A lot of people don't want to believe that they're wrong. A lot of people don't want to relearn anything because if they do, they're going to lose congregate members. Pastors won't repent. They won't say, I was wrong. I'm sorry. I took millions of millions of dollars from you. I, I repent. I'll give it back. They're not going to do that. Because they've been exploiting you to build their empire and they're very successful at doing it. So here you have Peter reminding all of us to be aware, to be self-aware of what's out there. And it's not just about the prosperity gospel either. There's a lot of different teachings out there that teach you that you can still walk in your car- carnal ways and follow Christ, still follow after the ways of God and still live the way you were living before you came to the saving, saving knowledge of Christ. So that's why you have some who are, re- some who are really followers of Jesus and some who aren't. There's counterfeits among us. Some people who really aren't of the faith. I've met a lot of people who I really believe were genuine. Followed God. Said a lot of things about God. Evangelized with me. Friends of mine. But later on they fell off and they never came back. You're like, what happened? Well, he really was never saved. He had the appearance as one who was saved. Spoke the word of God. Prayed. laid hands on people and all that stuff. But really was never saved. He had had a close experience. And it looked so genuine. But when he left... And he never came back. You knew that he never really possessed saving faith. And it was really, truly eye opening when you see this. Like, how could they be with us? How could they spend time with us and yet then not even be saved? Well, the Bible warns us of this very thing. You have wheat growing with the tares. People who have the appearance as if they believe, but they are far from God. So far from God. Let's go to application. Let's go to application. What do we do with this? I'm made aware that there are false teachers among us. There's even false believers among us that really don't believe. You have the real along with the counterfeit. This is the design of the enemy to try to crush the church, but he can't crush the church. The church prevails, but he has a strategy to try to dethrone you and to remove you from the body of Christ and others and keeping them from coming into church the attack of the enemy application number one backed by repentance meaning you have repented of your sins you have true saving faith that produces a changed life that really produces a changed life so you ask yourself does God reign in every area of your life reflect on the lordship of Christ this week church that goes back to verse 2 Goes back to verse two for you. Number two, one way you identify false teaching is the denial of the essentials of the gospel. You know what those essentials are. Anyone denies these, then they're teaching a false message. Then you need to memorize these basic truths. We should agree upon. You should be able to memorize these basic truths so that you can identify and speak to even open conversation with people that don't believe these things, that you are able to discuss them with them. Talk about it. Lead them on the way of righteousness. Number three, success in the ministry should never be determined by great crowds, structures, and finance, but by obedience to the written word and growing Christians with developing Christ-like character. That's why I said they will exploit you because you will see a church that has an incredible amount of money. The infrastructure looks amazing. The pastor dresses well. The singers are amazing. Everyone looks great. The building looks fantastic. But yet they're teaching heresy there. And a lot of people who go there and see a church that looks and seems prosperous, like God is with them. God has blessed them. Look at that infrastructure. Look at the place. Look at the land they have. God is with them. God is with them. That's that's the mindset of the individuals who see the infrastructure from the outside, but don't even realize what they're teaching on the inside, and they're being exploited. You guys know all about what happened in the news with that building, that building over there off off the Grand. I think it's off Grand, where the pastor there who has I don't know what happened. They haven't even they've been building the Tower of Babel over there for so long. I don't know how it's been. It's not even fixed yet. But that, that, that the brother was, was caught well, I shouldn't call him brother But he was caught exploiting his congregation There's so many things that happen like that But people look at that and They view that They feel it's, it's a wonderful infrastructure God must be with them The building on 43rd Avenue 51st Avenue in Glendale where they, The one that's Pentecostals They have a huge amount of land right there Next to the car dealership They're building a new building there They have a pretty nice building there already But they're even building a bigger one there and they teach heresy there. They deny the very nature of the triune God. They deny this, but yet when you look at them, the people will see that, they're blessed. They're blessed. And so we want to be able to teach the Word of God. And when you teach the Word of God you teach the Word of God truthfully and accurately, you're going to be challenged with all type of, of adversity. And it's happening for us. for some of you seen the police officer here today. You guys see the cop? walking around, very nice police who are actually patrolling the area. And because we're family, there was a threat made on my life. We had to take very, very seriously all week long. And when people find out they say things about you, people are quick to jump in right away and believe those things about you. But I'm not into vindicating myself at all. I believe what God has and what God shows us and we continue to <laughs> battle and fight the enemy we, we know to expect some of these things. We can expect them. And we pray. And today, we are protected. We're protected. Amen. We have people who are prepared and ready. So we're protected. But this is what the enemy does. He designs things and strategizes things to try to keep people from coming here in the word of God. But you all should know, that's why the officer was here today. Responding to uh, reports, so we had to act quick, and I've been dealing with that all week long. But we want to teach the Word of God accurately and with the truth, and not to be afraid because God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but a love, power, and a sound mind. So we're ready for battle, continuing to walk, and walk with God on a journey together, understanding the Lordship of Christ take home questions on this part I want you guys to look at those questions there this is something you guys should know you should write down when you take your time uh, studying it you should write these questions down answer to these questions how can we determine which doctrines are heresy how are we able to determine it which ones are heresy and which are truth second question what are the essentials of the gospel that we should all agree upon of course I name those to you you should be able to write those down and have this in your arsenal. Real faith produces real followers of Christ. Church family, we'll pray and we'll close, and then this altar will be open, and we'll pray together. Next week is, is really, really tough to, this is just the very beginning. Next week I'm going to have to name names, and it might not be liked very much at that point, but I have to name names so that you guys can understand and go, oh, yeah, okay, I get it now he teaches this or she teaches this or he teaches that and so it's just the very beginning of false teachers and how to identify them so next week we have to get into names and we'll do that we'll do that next week so uh let us pray pray for your church as well pray for your leaders as well as we are praying for you let us pray heavenly father we thank you lord for the journey that you placed us on and and as i'm reminded today lord of some of the adversities that we face as leaders of the church and um, standing on your word, the truth of your word, doctrinally and preaching it to the people of God here that need to hear it, need to know it, and need to apply it to their lives, that through it all, we're going to receive severe persecution. And just like the church in Africa that is being persecuted currently, I believe it's Nigeria, Lord, I, I, you know, I, I vaguely know the name, but the church there, the Christians that are being attacked there and are being persecuted for their faith in Jesus. We pray for the people in Africa and their families. We pray that you would cover them and protect them, Lord, that the church would continue to flourish and grow there as they read your word and study your word and know more about the incredible power of the gospel, the life-changing power of the gospel. So today, Lord, we pray and we thank you, Lord, that you protect us. We thank you, Lord, that you have the angels watching over us, Lord, and we come against the strategy of the enemy. We thank you, Lord, for uh, all the incredible, powerful tools that you give us to stand firm in your word. And today, Lord, we we pray, Lord God, for our congregation. I pray for them, Lord. I thank you for our leaders that are here that have been put in place to help lead them and to carry them and and to be there for them, to look out for them. We thank you for the incredible plan that you have for them. Lord, the families that are here today, we thank you, Lord, for what they heard today and being aware of false teachers and false converts, understanding what the real is and what the counterfeit is, understanding for us to reflect and look and to see, is the Lord really the Lord over our mouth? Is he the Lord over our mind? Is Is he the Lord over our body, our hands, our feet? Is he the Lord in our life? And so help us to reflect in those areas where we fall short that Christ is the Lord over every area of our life. Help us to clean up things we need to clean up. Help us to take certain inventory in our life to remove things out of our life that are not of you. Holy Spirit, we thank you because you point us to Jesus. You point us to Jesus at all times. And you're strengthening us and you pray for us and you teach us what we need uh, to know to go through to get to the things that we face every day. So we thank you for the love that's in this house. We thank you for the strength that's in this house. We thank you for the power that's in this house. We thank you, Lord, for your people here today, Lord. Watch over them, cover them. Lord, bless their week, Lord. Help them come back on a Wednesday for more reading of your word and the study and for life application. Cover them from the angels of God. Dispatch them, God. Watch over them and protect them. We give you the glory and the honor for all things here today. And we thank you for this letter that Peter wrote about false teachers. And, Lord, the names that we have to name next week and to put out there so that they're well aware. Names that they can write down and go back and look at. Lord, bless our time tomorrow, the warfare lesson tomorrow, where we kind of go delve, delve into a certain name and what they teach. And now it's heretical. Lord, open up our eyes to the truth. Lord, help our eyes to be open. Help us to have a spiritual awakening, Lord. Help us to be awake to those things where we seem to be falling asleep. And, Lord, I thank you, Lord, for the day that I would be able to speak without error, Lord. I pray that you are pleased, that you are pleased. And we know what happens to those and how swift destruction is coming to those teachers who don't preach accurately, who are, who are exporting and hurting the body of Christ and they're doing it willingly and Lord we pray for those churches that are full of people who are hearing those words and they have itching ears Lord we pray Lord for their eyes to be open and their ears to, uh, to be open to, to understand what's being taught to them that they may challenge the church and write letters to pastors and, and talk to people there in charge that they may find, get to the point to what is the truth there and what is being taught We know this is a very, very important issue. And we thank you, Lord, for the studying of this word here today. And we pray this together in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 God bless you, church. This altar is open for you.